0: Okay, sure. sure. Hello, and welcome to Shut Off That Noise. I'm Craig Riddock. In this episode, we're going to explore art therapy, the creative process as a path to healing. Now, before you think I'm about to go all Alanis Morissette on you, I must say that for myself as an artist, I feel like I intuitively understand that the activity of art making or playing an instrument is relaxing and restorative in itself. In my case, music has allowed me to express profound emotions in ways that words cannot. And what I discovered this week is that this is precisely why art can be used in the therapeutic context. To go deeper into that topic, I spoke with two of Canada's foremost experts in the field of art therapy. From Edmonton, via Skype, Haley Toll, president of the Canadian Art Therapy Association, and Dr. Helene Burt of the Toronto Art Therapy Institute, who I visited here in Toronto. What follows is a montage of the conversations I had with them, accompanied by some ambient music that I recorded especially for this episode. Tall.
1: There are sometimes no words to express how we are feeling. And so art therapy can be a helpful way to use imagery, the art making process, and just finding other ways to talk about what's going on inside of us because there are sometimes no words. Um, art, art making can also help... Um, Access traumatic um, memories or images, or emotional memories or images, because um, when we have a traumatic experience, we often remember it through images and through our body. Because a different, um, a different, our sympathetic nervous system is activated, different areas in our brain that are more um, primal are activated as opposed to our more cognitive cortex areas. So a lot of people are unable to speak about difficult experiences with their words. So art therapy and art making and the use of images help people process and access um, different things that you wouldn't necessarily do by speaking about them. Um, So art therapy, it combines the creative process and psychotherapy um, and it facilitates self exploration and understanding. So we use imagery, color and shape as part of the creative therapeutic process um, to express thoughts and feelings that, again, we couldn't necessarily do otherwise, as it can be really difficult to articulate and verbalize.
0: Dr. Helene Burt.
2: Art therapy can benefit just about anybody. Um, And art therapy is a form of psychotherapy which um, utilizes art making and the creative process and the relationship between the art therapist and the client um as a way for people to uh, heal to work through issues to express themselves to develop voice uh, to work towards uh, you know all sorts of um, therapeutic goals and and then of course you have people who can't make use of talking therapy uh, whether they're electively mute or um, you know adolescents for example uh, they you know adults who want to do talking therapy with adolescents don't generally always have um, a lot of um, ease with that, but um, adults who, um, you know, sort of engage them with art materials and, you know, work with them uh, in that modality. It's a lot easier to, um, to work with adolescents in art therapy than talking therapy, for example. So there's Art therapy, you know, can be used with many different populations, but, um, yeah, it's not sort of, a, a, I mean, there are assessment tools that have been developed by art therapists, mostly in the States, um, but uh, generally, um, you know, we don't really believe that uh, an art therapist, and we don't train our art therapists here in, at Taddy can read a person's artwork and and from a person's artwork discern you know what the person is feeling or thinking um you know we would only project our own feelings and thoughts onto other people's artwork Mm um but we use it as a way to engage with people as a way to get to the heart of a matter sometimes a lot more quickly and uh, deeply than talking therapy can
0: How would you say therapists can gain insight by analyzing a client's artwork and what are the kind of tools that they use to interpret imagery or abstract colors and forms?
1: So we don't um our therapists often do not we don't analyze artworks necessarily or use any kind of projective tests like the Rorschach cards. Um, Perhaps some art therapists have a different training, especially um, if they are kind of more, I guess, old school or use a more psychoanalysis, use psychoanalysis in their practice. Um, But we do. um, And so how how we view the artwork is that we often ask the patient's to or and clients to express what is going on in their artwork and that can take a long time so I, I don't necessarily make any um, any preconceived notions or perceptions because I because there are so many different cultural um, and subjective experiences of their art that I don't necessarily want to impose my own values onto it. So understand that my own perspectives are quite subjective and I can't, um, I can't make these broad strokes of, um, of interpretation based on, for example, the color red. Um, because red can be interpreted in so many different ways, depending on the person's, again, cultural experience, subjective perspectives, um, and, and what they're really trying to express.
2: Art can just say so much more than uh, words can. So, I mean, it is true that we don't analyze a person's artwork, but it's also true that a person can express something that's quite clear in their artwork as well um, and doesn't have to say anything about it and has expressed it and, and worked on that issue. So, Do you find that uh, some clients,
0: especially adult clients, are... Um, can reflect on their work and have it illuminate their personal narrative?
2: Oh, yeah. It can just be an augmentation or an augmenting of talking therapy also. Um, so, yeah, I think that um, it's it's a great tool to have to initially engage people. Um, and it's a great tool... Because once you engage them through art therapy, then you may be able to uh, develop a greater, uh, specifically with adolescents, you know, um, relationship with them and be able to do more talking therapy with them. Um, But also it's a great tool to add into talking therapy um, because it does, uh, you know, we often think of it as, as a more direct route to the unconscious because you can... Uh, say what you want to say in words we're pretty skilled with using language having used it you know since day one but with um, you know making art and imagery we don't have the same kind of defense mechanism so we often find that things come up through our artwork that we weren't even aware that we were saying and we might find we might see that ourselves in our artwork or um you know somebody might say that looks like such and such to me what do you think about that and so it can lead in all sorts of directions
1: there are some art based assessments that are developing um, more evidence. For example, the formal elements Art therapy scale, which is developed by Gantz. And it looks at two dimensional artwork through the graphic equivalent of symptoms within a DxM diagnosis. So for example, looking at um, anxiety and some of the features that they look at, and and they look at 14 features include uh, logic, problem solving, color fit, um, the integration of, um, I guess, people or subjects that they create the prominence of color, um, whether the image is rotated. so it doesn't look at the content but it looks at um, how how it is created and some of the graphic equivalents of uh, specific symptoms.
0: Something that I found out that I think is pretty cool and well makes sense is that it's a prerequisite to being an art therapist that you have had a background in visual art. What came first for you, art or therapy?
2: Art, for sure, yeah. Um, You know, my mother was highly artistic uh, as a young woman, uh, but she was also very practical, and so she decided to become a nurse. So, you know, art was something that um, was, you know, done in our family and um, appreciated.
1: My artistic practice is what really got me interested in art therapy. It was because I found that, um, basically, I, I need art to feel good. I need, um, for me, art making is like eating and sleeping. It's just part of my life, and my life feels very unbalanced when I don't create art. So um, I do have an, um, I do have a professional art portfolio where I um, show in galleries, particularly in Edmonton right now where I live. Um, but I usually actually have a different artist name than, I take on an artist name. And that's uh, just to be able to separate those two kind of very different and interesting lives. I and, see,
0: it's a, a nom de plume, if you will.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, people ask me why I do that. And um, it's because I, the clients that I work with, I don't necessarily want to influence them because for example, if you work with teens, they're inevitably going to Google you. Um, that will just happen. And so I, I don't necessarily want the art that I make to influence the therapy process that we have together. So I really want to be able to focus on the client. Um, also, when I worked in small towns um, I and I had done more intensive uh, trauma work, I I didn't want my name to trigger a client if they saw me, for example, in a, in a small cafe, my artwork in my name that could to bring up a lot of emotions and so i wanted to keep those two lives very separate
2: and then i had a bunch of really artistic friends growing up and uh, so yeah art was highly valued in our families and in my peer group growing up um so i i went into fine arts but i ended up majoring in the history of art but um I did some studio art as well, and uh, I just had some experiences through the studio art um, exercise, you know, thing, assignments that I was working on and projects that I was working on that really um, started to coincide with my interest in Jungian therapy in the unconscious. And so, as I started started to develop an uh, interest in psychology i also noticed that um my artwork was highly psychological (laughs) and um somebody just suggested art therapy and this was back in 1986 so it wasn't very well known here but um did find an art therapist who i interviewed and and um and i it was just kind of an aha moment you know I, i i kind of realized oh of course this is like my path and you know I just got on it and never stopped I love
1: painting so that's basically all all that I do right now and uh, what I paint is often portraits of uh, women in history who have inspired me actually contemporary women as well political activists um, so that is one series that I've been working on and then um, another series that I have been working on through painting and I and I use uh, gold leaf, acrylic, and oil painting. So I often use an underlay layer of acrylic and then paint with oil on top because I like the dimensions that it creates. Um, and so my new series, it, it did start with neurobiology and then it was really just um, analyzing myself and my childhood and you know, um, societal influences on me and why, why I behave the way that I do.
0: Art therapy is relatively new, and research into its effectiveness and new modalities of treatment are an ongoing endeavor.
2: Our students have to um, take part in uh, a lot of uh, research assignments during their studies and, uh, and study research methods, and they have to write a thesis or do a major project uh, at the end, and both of those um, contribute in one way or another to the profession of art therapy.
1: The Kinder Therapy Association, we publish two double-blind, peer-reviewed academic journals per year. And uh, we support all, all methodologies of research, which include quantitative, qualitative, for example, case studies, mixed methods, and art based research. So art based is interesting. It's an emerging form of research that uses the artistic process as a method of inquiry. Um, and quantitative provides, again, the validity, reliability, and breadth um, of, of the outcomes of our therapy, while qualitative gives us a more in-depth understanding, for example, of the artistic process. Um, so that's uh, in my in my work at the Cross Cancer Institute last year um, to receive funding, we all of our programs um, were asked to conduct a systematic review on systematic reviews and meta-analyses of all the effects of creative arts therapy so that includes art music drama therapy etc in oncology um or or symptoms related to oncology and um it was looking at the effects of of this therapeutic process and even i think um art arts-based therapy as well so they're interested in um in including uh, high quality studies and we rated the quality of of studies and we found that art therapy had moderate and limited evidence. So it needs to, we're still working on the evidence, um, but it did decrease anxiety, fatigue, and increase quality of life for many patients. And that's um, on a systematic review of systematic reviews. The American Art Therapy Association is wonderful. Um, it includes an outcomes based bibliography that provides more quantitative research on the effects of art therapy on diverse populations. Uh, for example, moods, um, attachment patients with schizophrenia. Um, In a conversation with Donna Betts, the American Art Therapy Association president should also mention that there's really interesting emerging evidence based on randomized controlled trials with post-traumatic stress disorder in veterans in the US. And that um, that research is being done by Campbell. So there's there's a lot of interesting research out there. Um, We're also including biomarkers in art therapy research. Um, so biomarkers can relate to, for example, measuring cortisol levels to um, understand stress or even um, sweat on people's skin and, um, and how art, art making and the art making process can, um, can help people relax through, the, through understanding, I guess, it, the effects on biomarkers.
0: So yes, yeah, so you've been—you uh, were a therapist for twenty years prior to being involved right. uh, in the role that you're in right now. Um, I what was an the, art therapist. Yeah. So what was what was the area of art therapy that you uh, um, specialized in?
2: Well, I I had a lot, a wide range of experience in twenty years. Um, so my first uh, specialization was was youth and families, and I also trained in family therapy uh, and. Um, then uh, I did. I I was an art therapist in psychiatry, inpatient psychiatry for a while, um, and then I uh, worked with um, adult women, low-income uh, women who had um, substance use issues, and then I went back to children's mental health for a while, uh, probably about for about ten more years, and then I. I did, uh, then I went into adult, um, mostly talking therapy for a couple of years.
1: So I work with adult cancer patients and children whose parents have cancer. And um, so it's at the Cross Cancer Institute. Um, and I can't necessarily speak of specific stories, um, but I can tell you about my practice, which is much more supportive and crisis-focused art therapy. Um As opposed to having kind of a goal in mind Mm -hmm. so often we create treatment plans and then once people succeed in those goals we finish therapy but with cancer we're not sure when it will come back if it comes back or um, how these children are affected so the the support is often ongoing and for example when um when the families are, are feeling comfortable and willing to kind of look to other activities in their life, that's when it feels like therapy is finished. Um, so I work from a very strength-based perspective where I help children and adults often develop coping strategies such as self-regulation skills and the ability to express and articulate their emotions. Um, and I'm speaking with children, but when their parents are diagnosed with cancer, um And even when a parent, um, their cancer has been treated and they're cured, there is still a fear and anxiety of recurrence that lives kind of throughout their whole parents' lives. So There's always that fear that's underlying. So when a parent is diagnosed with cancer, um, the children, I I encourage parents to speak with their children about what's going on in a developmentally appropriate way, because often hiding, Hiding it from the children make it worse because children have amazing imaginations and they just, um, they run with their imaginations. And so it's much more helpful for children to know that if they have questions, they can speak with their parents and their parents trust them enough to tell them what's going on
0: in an appropriate way. There must be a big difference between working with children and adults, and I imagine because art making for children is just sort of a like a day-to-day activity that they're always encouraged to do in school but whereas if you're dealing with an adult client that perhaps didn't engage in any kind of art making and they're coming to art therapy how do you foster and lead them into getting to play with media or imagery and when they're telling you it's like well I can I can barely draw a stick figure like how do you get them to engage in it and
2: Right, right. Well, I mean the the purpose of art therapy is for people to use art materials to express their feelings, not to use art materials to create a nice piece of art. So I mean, that would be like recreational therapy. A recreational therapist would say, um, you know, I'll buy a bunch of these clay. Um, teapots and people can paint them and then we'll, you know, fire them and they'll, you know, it'll help their self-esteem to have completed this nice teapot, whereas an art therapist would say, you know, we have all these art materials, you are stuck in the hospital, um, you know, what's on your mind and how would you like to, you know, uh, spend your time today with these art materials what you make is not important you don't have to be an artist this is really just a way for you to express your feelings is
0: it uh, easier to work with kids than adults um because, it's, it's, because they have the big imagination and because they're used to just experimenting and playing
1: yeah yeah i think in that regard absolutely it's wonderful to work with children and they're adorable so that always helps right <laughs> um, <laughs> and they say cute things and they make wonderful artwork and they're often very proud of their artwork. Um, and so it's, it's really, really wonderful to work with children and their creative imagination. Um, but it, it, there's so much energy that you need with children. And often um, you're doing a lot of uh, working with boundaries as well with children. Um, with adults, they will sit down and talk to you and um, they have they're able to introspect and they have much more insight, and so it's really, really interesting to work with adults on a different level because they're they're able to talk about what their artwork means to them and in depth and relate it to past experiences and uh, work through their coping strategies and understand kind of the whole the, the whole process of art therapy on a very different level. So, so,
0: so, so there's, for there's, adults, <laughs> they sort of find themselves like, "Hey, I never thought I was a painter, but now I'm." now I'm a painter, now I'm an artist in a a way. Is is there a sort of a sense of achievement in in, in it as well in creating creating works of art?
1: Yes, completely, completely. Um, And I think that when adults start art therapy, if they haven't done art in a long time, it's really amazing that they're able to do something that could make them quite uncomfortable. Um, But when they realize their inner artist and they... Realize and they develop that self-confidence and just being able to be spontaneous and realize that nothing needs to be perfect in their artwork and then it's all a process um, that their changes are significant and they'll often do um, their own artwork at home and buy art materials and integrate that into their life as a wonderful coping strategy.
0: So the act of making art is is just as important as the final product.
2: The process of, of art making, um, yeah, it's, it's often that during the process of art making that uh, conversations will happen or that people will, you know, get into that zone where they're more relaxed and soothed, you know, through doing uh, art making. So there's the inherent therapeutic aspects of art making. When we can make our brain waves uh, through meditation or through art therapy uh, run in a way that's soothing then that's really helpful to us not just uh, you know psychologically but also physically. The uh, the
1: truth of art therapy and the art making process and the flow in art therapy speaks to me so profoundly as an artist myself and then um, getting the other training and my master's in art therapy and understanding psychology uh just it all starts making sense to me um why why i am this way and i love to be able to share to share that experience with others and it it gives me such great joy um to help people express themselves in a way that's meaningful to me um for example, I I couldn't necessarily be a music therapist because I don't have a music training background. You have both, which is wonderful. Um, but um, <laughs> but myself, I yeah I I really think there is a truth and authenticity in art that uh, that everyone has access to if they learn to trust themselves and be spontaneous, and um, it. I think it's something that really needs to be shared with others.
2: Well, I think, um, you know, my own personal story has brought me to art therapy, you know, my own um, experience of uh, the meaning of art in my life and how it symbolizes uh, healing or the absence of. So I think that's what led to me becoming an art therapist and so my my personal perspective on art therapy um well i think that you truly do need to have training although you know i'm not going to stop people from you know who are psychiatrists or psychologists using art with their clients but i think that the more engagement that you have in doing uh art therapy sessions with people the more you understand the process and um, I think it's also important for you to come from a art-making background, so all of our applicants have to have an art-making process in their lives. And, you know, I, I think it's really important uh, and should be a much more primary uh, treatment modality because um, people are talking about trauma all the time, you know, whether it's the trauma that somebody who's experienced um, uh, you know, war trauma or, um, you know, abuse trauma or uh, natural disaster trauma, the, the the experience of trauma really is encoded in the brain, uh, in the nonverbal area of the brain, in the limbic brain where uh, feelings and um, imagery is coded. And in order to move it forward uh, to the frontal lobes which is where reason and language is uh coming from I think you have to first start from the part of the brain um that is nonverbal really and um so you need some nonverbal art therapy to go there first and then you know um I think you can process trauma much better much um safer and much more fully, sort of bringing it forward into the frontal lobes and eventually you can talk about it and you can, you know, make sense of it.
0: Well, once again, I want to thank Dr. Helene Burt and Haley Toll for participating in this week's episode about art therapy. I got a lot out of it, and uh, for me, that was a bit of research, kind of for myself. In the next episode, we're going to be picking up the pace a lot, because I'm visiting with my good old friend Bob Segarini, consummate entertainer and radio man, is still alive and well and living in Toronto. I catch up with him at his place, and we have... A conversation that, well, pretty much covers everything about the state of the world, the music industry, and the local music scene here in Toronto. So, until next time, I'm Craig Ridock and you've been listening to Shut Off That Noise.